My name is Kebohem, and this is Epiphany. Amata meiva Kebohem nia lojava akatahengi. Twenty six porokol eighteen sixty five. It took skill to drug Sehutangi's drink without any experience. I took advantage of the neural array to make myself ruthless. I wanted to be glittering and carnivorous. The Ibarbok illusion cascading around me turned my heart to iron. I ate too much because I could not stop myself from being hungry. Nothing but glistening raw seafood tasted good. The experience disoriented me, but without it, I don't think that I could have done this. The holograms and the light playing across the ceiling distracted and, and they dazzled me. I only pretended to drink and still the illusions came, came around and, and into me. Sehutangi wore the form of an Itzeba, the transparent ocean creature that just floats, recommended for winding down after a stressful day. It is like a billowing sheet of paper and iridescence flashes across its skin. The organs are transparent. At one end, these etzeba take in the microscopic creatures of the ocean and at the other, carnivorous fish feed on the small swimmers eating their waste. It's a truly bizarre thing. I remember seeing them in Menaga when a very high tide swelled in one night and they crashed against the cliffs beneath us spectators. Lur body moved up and down, and Lur skin felt cold like death in the Arctic Ocean. Our server queried us about drinks. Lee prepared the berry dark wine with an expert hand, and as Lee worked, the show burst into being. Colored lights danced all around us. Phantoms swirled up from the ground at our feet and coalesced into a dreamlike story of someone traveling across the solar system. I leaned in to kiss Sehutangi as the craft flew past our giant in an out-of-control spin, caught in that world's alien gravity. My hand tilted over Lur drink when Lur eyes closed, the vial masked by the illusion over me. The only risk was that one of the servers would notice and come to assist Lim, but part of Kelta's job was to ensure that everything went as planned. My heart thudded in my throat. The dream gardens have made lesser people murderous. Adrenaline rushed through me, filtered by the neural interface. I had impulses to use limbs that I don't have to attack and consume everything around me. What has Athara done since the occupation? How could they know what Narbarbok would feel unless they'd caught one? I panicked and the vials slipped. I plunged more into the drink than we'd agreed on, more into the fluke, and, and as I capped at Lee reached for Lord Drink, it was too late. My panic blackened the edges of my vision and my heart pumped irregularly in my chest. I needed to get out of there, but I had to breathe through this as much as possible. Someone else would die if I did nothing. This is what I had decided on. What I had coerced the Kuyinya into doing. Lee whispered, this drink is way too salty. Is it? Let me try it. I took it from Lim and lifted it to my mouth. It touched my lips, but I drank nothing. You're pretending to be a sea creature now. Everything will probably taste like salt water. It's fine. Thank gods that Lee chose this costume. 
Thanks, Emanok. Thank you, Riga. Thank you, Sven. Thank the Divine Twins. It wasn't like this before. When did you last take a sip? I don't know. What if it takes time to have an effect, you know, that interface? Maybe, Lee said. Lee continued drinking. I modulated my breathing so it wouldn't be obvious how relieved this made me. Soon, Aneti tilted her head down towards the table and said, I'm not feeling well, it's the salt. I think I'm going to be sick. Lee pressed their hands against their forehead and the billowing illusions came with them. I grabbed Aneti around the waist and lifted them up. I can take you home. As we stood, her hand brushed against my thigh. The euphoric feeling should have offset the nausea, although I'm not very familiar with what this drug even does, especially not at this dose. With Aneti like this, I decided to only give Lim a peck. I mean, it was wrong to kiss Lim at all. It was definitely wrong to think about having sex. Karata was right. Besides, Aneti might have vomited into my mouth. We took off the arrays and checked out of the dream garden. I'd pre-purchased Lur ticket, so we didn't need to pay, but Lur condition worsened as we left and took the sky rail to Lur home. Had I not memorized Lur address, Lee would have had us turn down the wrong street even. Lee was suggestible, hardly able to stand, and completely dependent on me for everything. Lee opened the door to Lur house, and I told one of Lur cousins that I was taking them up to Lur room, that Anethi was drunk, and surprisingly that cousin helped me. When we opened the door, we brought Lim over to the bed. Lee was practically in a stupor, and we positioned Lim just like one does when one's had too much to drink. That cousin went for water, and Lee left me alone with a partially ajar door. A stone caught in my throat, and my hand shook. To this hour, I don't know if Sehutangi remembered what happened. Everything I've seen about this drug says that Lee did not. I started combing the room for documents, carefully replacing everything I moved. When I heard footsteps in the hallway, I went back to the side of the bed. The cousin came into the room. We gave Anethi water. Lee had trouble swallowing. I couldn't administer anything else with him like this. Lee hasn't been this much of a mess since Lur's sister died, the cousin said. Who are you? A co-worker. Lee looked between the two of us, suspiciously. You called him Anethi below. I wasn't certain. You did seem a bit young for this to be romantic. Do you need someone to sit up with Lim for a while? I can stay as long as you need. It's not really any trouble. I'm in an apartment. My cousin knows that I'll be out for part of the night, I said. My name is Jokta. Puertaha, Lee said. We have family who can watch them. I don't doubt that. What I, what I mean to say is that I want you to feel at ease while you find someone who can do so. I can stay for at least half an hour. Lee clicked Lur tongue and studied me. Lur gaze moved from me to Aneti and back again. I suppose that's possible. It won't take half of an hour to find someone else, though. Thank you for letting me be of service to your family. Well, cut the crap. You're a demi-trader. You wouldn't do this out of compassion. It's an opportunity to get ahead at the office, isn't it? Lee spat at the ground. I'll be back in 20 minutes with someone to relieve you. When Lee left, Lee kept the door slightly ajar. I stayed by Sehutangi's side motionless for a count of 500. At least I think. My thoughts wandered a bit.
I thought that someone would come and find me searching through drawers for keys and papers. But Potaha must have been otherwise occupied, and no one came. Every time Zehutangi shifted on the bed, I thought that Lee would come to her senses and find me pawing through the drawers and bookshelves in that claustrophobic room. There were not too many places to hide something, but the obvious places, tucked into treatises in the well-worn pages of the bestseller and the fountains still run red underneath the mattress, in the drawers beneath clothing racks, had nothing from the daybreak movement. Five minutes passed and then ten. Every time the house settled, I thought that Potahau had come back. I found the folder between the bed frame and the wall, actually. A piece of string attached to it so that Sehutangi could guide it out when necessary. Dust bunnies came out with it, but the files themselves looked clean. Some had dates that marked them as current. None of the dated files were earlier than one porokol. I went to my bag and scanned them quickly without reading them. All 41 documents, and just as I replaced the folder, I heard footsteps in the corridor. I rushed up and made it look like I was repositioning Aneti. Puatahau and another man came into the room. Puatahau said, You should go now. You've made the journey worth your while. The other man said, Please say nothing about any of this to any other co-worker. It's bad enough that Lee did this in public. I nodded. While Puatahau watched, I picked up my bag. Lee escorted me out of the home. While I walked, my thoughts raced. Anethi had done this before. Sehutangi, Sehutangi. I stopped on the sidewalk and focused on the cool breeze, the nighttime nature songs, and the faint sounds from the houses. My head wanted to take me back to that moment in the necropolis. After doing this, I reasoned, what right did I have to vividly inhabit those private spaces of grief? Instead, I pulled myself back into reality. Sehutangi had kept those pages in a specific order. I don't know that I preserved it with the shuffling at the end. I think I left the most recent ones on top. Besides, they wouldn't need the older ones, especially not the train timetables with the circles. Alta emerged from a side street a block beyond the Coresa home, and we moved down the sidewalk in silence for some time. I mentally worked through the words that had popped out at me from the documents. I don't know Shiji. Some of the cognates I thought could be false. Alta said, I think it was wise to avoid saying that you were a girlfriend. It will make your family less involved. I'm in love with Lim, though. I saw it when you panicked in the dream garden, Alta said. You recovered from that weakness immediately before I intervened, actually, and everything you did is exactly what I would have done, so... Good job, I guess. I chuckled. Does that make me an assassin like you? It means that you're not stupid or naive. Alta crossed her arms over her chest and continued. I had a boyfriend when I was your age who didn't suit me. Lee's one of the reasons I left my family and went into mercenary practice, actually. You have the luxury of having a family who does not know about Sehutangi. They wouldn't even take a match between you two seriously if you asked for it, would they? My matriarch wouldn't. The family's been positioning someone else for me, I responded. I don't like Lim as much as I like Sehutangi, but Sehutangi will likely be killed. What do the documents say? We can go over them once we return to my apartment, I said. We walked to the sky rail and took it to the Mithasai residential zone. In Mithasai, we passed slumbering family homes and apartment complexes until we reached the dark apartment. 
Alta hummed Naragi nursery songs the entire time, and I tried to ignore Lim as much as possible. In the apartment, we took off our shoes. Alta, as an assassin, only bowed at my shrine. I gave the offerings on Lur behalf, and I texted Karatao. The cut in my palm ached. I still can't believe that I have Lur number programmed into my comm unit that my matriarch told me to do this. I can't even believe that we have this permanent thread between us. Liga called me and put a request in Karatao. The wall screen showed both of them. I searched Liga's body language for any sign of awkwardness. Li tried to stay professional, but I could sense it. Liga stuttered a bit, and Li doesn't stutter. Karata stopped the conversation to apologize. I don't know of any upper-level official who would do that to a subordinate. Together, we all looked at the scanned pages. I loaded them onto my smart paper and spread them across the floor. Karata did the same on their table, but Liga used monitors. Alta looked down at some of my blurrier scans and clicked their tongue. A woman sat down beside Liga. That one translated while Liga annotated. The video lagged behind my smart paper. When I saw the name, my vision blurred and I felt sick. I have nothing to save myself from panic now. Alta looked up when I collapsed back onto my palms. I whispered the target's name as if Anahadi could hear me and put a stop to all of this and the room just folded inward. The police should have information about something at this scale. If not, why do we even have them? Why would the Karata not just murder this, this limb outright? Alta set down a piece of smart paper, scooted across the bed towards me and pulled me close. Breathly said, the others said things. I, I don't have to, I don't have the heart to go back to the conversations now. I skip this every time I can, but I need to say something. I need I was I was such an immature ass. It's one thing to stop an assassination of someone in a regional office, as the Kuginya have done frequently, as I assumed that this was. It's another thing to realize quite suddenly that the structures of support that exist in a society or that those people whom one puts on a pedestal are just as vulnerable as others. An earthquake does not care if it rumbles beneath the house of a great family or a humble one. The Karatha should stop attacks at this level. I mean, I mean, forget the police. The Karatha must have information. This is beyond politics. Beo said chatter. What if the Karata have fanned this fire instead of stopping it? I mean, what if... The problem, as pointed out by Karata, is that no one among the police would ever even believe us, even if I gave them the information with full knowledge that I'm turning myself in for violating those obscure legal codes. They've received no legitimate evidence, and the thought of someone doing this is absolute madness. The Karata must even be the reasons why those codes still exist. Daybreak cannot be laughing. Sehutangi cannot be laughing. This did more to cure my love for Sehutangi than anything else. Anything else could have. Sehutangi. No. 
Fadahin Akayangi's name is on that page. Fadahin Akayangi. Daybreak cannot murder a ruler, a world leader. They can't do it during a religious celebration in front of myriads of people. And they cannot, cannot, cannot have chosen 28 Porakol. Okay, so hello, this is Kay, and I would just like to add briefly before we go into the credits of this episode that um, I've been on the Conlangery podcast again. You can find Conlangery, which is C-O-N-L-A-N-G-E-R-Y, at either conlangery.com or or at uh, iTunes, Google Play, or wherever it is that you download your podcasts. Um, We were talking about language and identity and all of that. Um, Yeah, so if um, you're interested in constructed languages, if you're interested in social considerations when writing con world cultures and doing con langs and the kind of stuff that you might want to keep in mind, uh, check that out. Um, We've got... Quite a few more chapters left in Epiphany. So, uh, everyone. You have been listening to Epiphany by KBOM. For a text version, cultural notes, and to subscribe via RSS, please visit http colon slash slash kayeboesme.com slash epiphany.